There you go, Phoenix Suns fans. An 18-point win for the team in Indianapolis, game two of their road trip. And although it was close after the third quarter, the Suns gave up 38 points in that third quarter. They come out, they score 32 points to Indianapolis's uh, or Indiana, Indi- yeah, Indiana, the Indiana Pacers, the Indianapolis Pacers uh, to their 18 points and ultimately pull off an 18 point victory for the Phoenix Suns. All is right in the world of Phoenix, isn't it, Matthew? Yeah, this is the way I feel like the old Suns were. You know, it was close the last few games, they couldn't get on a run. And now tonight, you saw it. Chris Paul ended it in the fourth. Um, he didn't score a point all game. Him, Jake Crowder didn't score a point all game. Oh, and Mikhail Bridges didn't score a point all game. But when it mattered, they came through and they pulled away against a crappy team. So good <laughs> win for the Suns. Well, it, it, an expected win. And I know that at times, you know, again, I think that the emotional roller coaster of each game can be just that if you understand or if you don't understand that, hey, it's all about the end of the game. It's all about the final uh quarter it's all about how you perform in those those meaningful moments and there's going to be moments where the team isn't necessarily locked in and there's going to be moments where the other team is locked in and that's okay i mean we saw aaron holiday just get laser focused help the indiana pacers get back in the game and for those of you who are on twitter you start to see a little bit of a meltdown like oh shit what's going on it's just like dude just just breathe just breathe it's all about that end result and i don't care if it's a one-point victory it's like the raptors game as long as you win the game you win the game the Phoenix Suns are 32 yeah. and nine. That's what matters because you're not going to go back. If you go 32 and nine, you have nerds, Suns nerds like yourself, like myself, and probably like a lot of jamsters who are joining us live in the chat on YouTube who could probably sit there and remember a, a bunch of these games. But if you talk to the casual fan on the bar or at the bar on Monday night watching the Rams and the Cardinals game, they'll just know the record. And that's pretty much it. They're not going to sit there and be like, man. That Raptors game, dude, we almost gave it away. You know, that that Pacers game, it was, it was like tied going in the fourth. Like, what, man? Yeah, and I think Daniel Dorte, he put something on Twitter about the Suns. If a bar here in Arizona does not have the Suns game on, they should be, you know, just dismantled as a franchise. And it's totally true. I, I'm assuming that's what happened to him tonight. What happened ah. to me again was the Valley Sports app not working. <laughs> so when the Suns are trying to figure things out, you know, it's nice when I'm at my mom's house and I'm watching it there. I can just sit down, have a talk about my day with her, see how she's doing. I'm like, oh, the Suns will get it together. They'll pull away eventually. And snap, just like that, 20 points. So Suns fans, what you need to do is relax, talk to your mom, give her a little bit of joy in her life, and then everything go. works out. Pay Spend it forward, all right? With the family. That's that's what it's all about. And and yep. Dan, we hear you. We've been there. I remember once upon a time, you could go into a Buffalo Wild Wings in Tempe, Arizona, and they'd have literally like spurlunking on TV. And you're like, can I get a Suns game on here? <laughs> yep. You know, like, yeah. please. And they're like, uh, what channel? <laughs> like, how about fuck yourself? Like, you, you don't know what channel the Suns game's on? Whoa. You're Buffalo Wild Wings. Whoa. Hey, coming in hot. Hey, hey, dodge, 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 dodge. <laughs> so, uh, but welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session podcast, the best post-game podcast on planet Orange. I'm John. He's Matthew. And you are you joining us, whether you're listening or watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. If you are on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. Hit, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit that little bell notification. It's going to let you know when we go live, which is after every Phoenix Suns game. If you're on Facebook or Twitter and you're watching live, head over to YouTube. Do the same if you could. That'd be much appreciated. If you're listening, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're on Spotify, just give us a five stars. Uh, on that note, I think it's time to pop open a beer, Matthew. I got a teeth cracking cold Coors Light here. I know because the blue, the, the Rockies are still blue. Uh, 
you got to buy Coors Light at Costco. That's what I found, man. Not only do they give you the 16-ounce version of Coors Light versus the 12-ouncers, but it's like it's pretty much a dollar beer, and that's the way life should be. Oh, Do- dollar okay. beer should never – we should never go away from dollar beers. No, because it's mostly water. And, uh, you know, I'm saving the <laughs> drinking for Sunday. I'm saving it for the Cowboys oh, game Sunday. Tonight I'm going to go Diet go. Dr. Pepper. Oh, I DDP. love Diet Dr. Gonna, Pepper. You know, it's just one of those nights after this pod at the work a little bit, so might as well get some caffeine in me. I think it's All right. Caffeine. I don't All know right. if it does, but I know it's delicious. Well, pop them if you got them, Suns fans. <laughs> Crack it, crack, crack. Let's talk about this win over the Indiana Pacers. Game two of a five game road trip for the Phoenix Suns. Lands them in Indianapolis, where they take on the Pacers, a team that when you look at their overall roster, there's a lot of names that make sense. But ultimately, it shows you that it isn't names that equate to victories. It is chemistry, something that the Phoenix Suns definitely possess. But still. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Are all teams going to have a token Raptor in the stands moving forward for the rest of the season? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what would be even more funny is if Booker were to trade jerseys at the end of games with those Raptors, basically take off your Raptor uniform, Booker (laughs) gives them their jersey, just because Booker's playing it so well, where he's, of course, the humble guy, the guy that can enjoy a joke and can make fun of himself. Right. So he's a perfect guy for this to happen. Do anybody else in the league will be throwing fits, defending themselves about against the Raptor? But it's one of the weirdest things you've ever seen in the NBA. It's probably never ever happened. Even the Suns Gorilla, the antics he has on the court of actually doing the spin of Rooney on a floor on the floor when a team steals the ball and runs down to the other end. Still, like this never happens with the the mascot. So it's funny and I hope it continues because I I'm sure Booker's getting it might get a little bit tiring, but I think Booker's enjoying it right now. Yeah, I think he does too. I mean, you see how he changes his profile pick to the the Toronto Raptor. The Toronto Raptor in turn does the same and tra- changes his profile pick <laughs> yeah. to Devin Booker. And you know, in in this time of the NBA season when we are in the middle of January, it's fun to have these nice little uh, antics. It's fun to have these little engagements. Uh, ultimately, because you know the Phoenix Suns won that game, so you know it's it's fun to see that engagement. Uh, going on and it gets an it's another one of those little kind of national media stories that uh, involved Devin Booker's name in a positive joking manner you know now initially it came off as kind of like whoa Devin Booker needs to chill man and then it was <laughs> you know but he embraced it and I think because of that you know as we get near to the all-star break uh, his name will definitely be brought up among NBA all-stars I know that he wasn't included in the you know the top four in guards in the Western Conference in the second release of the fan voting provided by Sham Sharania yesterday. Uh, I wrote a piece about it on Bright Side of the Sun. I kind of I don't know if you read it, Matthew, but the very last line, I'm like, listen, I know it's all rigged, but do your part, Suns fans. You know that's my kind of homage to you and your constant mm-hmm. uh, uh, understanding that it is a kind of a rigged cause. But then you look at Devin Booker tonight, you know, and you see how he does do the things that we need him to do 
uh, in games when we need him to do them, right? You know, I mean, this is a game, as, as you mentioned, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Chris Paul. No one's really scoring any points. And we talked about it plenty on the last podcast about Devin Booker's inconsistency out, out of late. Tonight was the other side of the coin, right? Does he score 35 points? Yeah, and I don't know if it's the all-star uh, voting that's getting to him because I think I've seen that on Twitter too, the few moments that I do go on there where Booker can't come out and capitalize and it probably won't ever move the fan voting because that's just the way it is. You know, the Suns have the Valley jerseys. That's a nice look there in the finals. Booker's a nice-looking player out there for the Suns, so that's going to sell hot, of course. But when it comes to like mid-season and the middle of the season where you have to – you, these fans have to notice the Suns players like the other stars, like a John Morant or even a Luka Doncic who's having a down year. Booker's always going to come third or fourth with these guys. And we just have to deal with it. And I know the coaches and the players are, I think, yeah, the coaches and the players will do their part and they will get Booker in the All-Star game. So I'm not too worried about it. I know we'll do our own part, but honestly, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work right now for fan voting. So every time the results do come out, is this the last one they're going to release probably until coaches voting? No, I think, I think there's Is one there more. Third? Yeah, because okay. we're still we're still you know a month and six days away from the All Star game. I believe it's yeah. February twentieth. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jamsters in the chat. Yeah, I mean, just get used to it. It's probably going to be like this for for forever because Booker right now is kind of at a peak of where he's going to be in his career. The Suns are winning; they're the best team in the league up and down with the with the Warriors. I mean, back and forth. So. It's not going to get any better than this unless they were just undefeated. So for the fans not to vote him in if it were to end today, it's kind of nuts, but that's just the way it is. But Booker tonight just showed off how good he can. It's To start the third, I had to throw this out there really quick, all right? No ending. No ending. No ending. No ending. No ending. I'm not sure if it even makes any sense, but the way Booker was performing in the third where it's a three-pointer, it's a two-pointer, it's another three, then and one. And then. It's and like, then. <laughs> and then, and then it did not stop for him tonight. And I love it, dude, because I love it when the media focuses in on him. Instead of the all-star voting, it's the whole, whole Raptor thing. No one even notices. I don't know if the first take crew or anybody talks about Booker not making the all-star game if it were to end today. But no one's going to give a shit until it actually does happen again, until he's a guy that might be a replacement or something. But that's why we have to wait for the coach's vote and stuff, because I think it's going to happen. Because performances like tonight, when you only need him and DA to carry your team yeah. to victory, which of they course, did. Chris Paul and Jay did some big shots in the fourth quarter, but they carried the whole team the whole game and, and defensively, too. So that's an all-star right there. And I, we know that as Suns fans. Yeah, we know that. And again, I think the frustrating thing for me is, you know, one, the, the fan vote counts for 50% of the vote. And I just think that's asinine. You know, I, I again, I put it in the article yesterday. One of my favorite quotes of all time comes from uh, Men in Black. And essentially, it's when Kay and Jay are sitting on, on the bench and uh, Will Smith turns to Tommy Lee Jones. He's like, well, why don't you tell people that we – we know about aliens. People are smart. And his and uh, Tommy Lee Jones' response is, a person is smart. People are dumb, stupid, and dangerous, and you know it. And, like, that's how I feel when it comes mm -hmm. to the fan vote. You know, a person is smart. Somebody who understands the game of basketball is smart. But holistically, uh, people are stupid, and they're going to vote Andrew Wiggins as a starter. Andrew Wiggins right now is a starter on the NBA All-Star because yeah. the Golden State Warriors have a, a huge fan base, and they vote. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, that's that's what they do. So, you know, again, as, as a, a fan of the Phoenix Suns, as a fan of Devin Booker, I want to see a member of the best team in the NBA 
represented it as a starter in this game, not as not as a bench player, yes. but as a starter. And I, it, I know it's not going to happen. It's frustrating that it doesn't happen, but it's just the way it is because it's a flawed system because Adam Silver wants the, you know, the, the fans impact. I want the fans to be engaged. It's like, trust me, the fans will be just as engaged. If you give them 25%, you give the players 25 or you give the, the coaches 25%, the players 25%, the media 25%. Like why not split it up into four? And I don't know. I'm sorry yeah. that I'm going on an all-star game dissertation, no, it's but fine. it's just my thought. No, it, it makes sense. And honestly, one thing I'm not knocking the Suns fan base at all. It's just, so our podcast and the PHNX, you know, they're kind of, they're out of the box kind of podcasts that are just distant from the Suns or their own creation, right? Mm-hmm. When I watch like the Kings and the Blazers, like they have their own post game pods and they're having terrible years, of course. Well, just decent years for the Blazers, but yeah, they have, I'm just saying their views and stuff after games, even losses, they're skyrocketing. And I, I'm sure those podcasts have been around for more years than us, but it just seems like the fan base is there maybe because they have nothing else to pay attention to in life because here in Arizona and Phoenix, you have a lot more to do maybe, but I'm just thinking, I'm like, our fan base is good. I'm just saying, but when I watch those other pods, I'm just like, where are the other fans? Maybe we just suck. Maybe it's just us. But I just wanted to throw that out there because we do on Twitter. You see it all the time, the retweets and all that. Kendall Jenner is getting involved. And still, it's just not enough. It's kind of insane to think about. We just went to the finals last year. And thank God, I mean, I'm not I'm not just you know going at any of these Suns fans at all. I'm just saying that just doesn't seem like the base is there still to really carry these players into a starting position. If it were up to you, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I think part of that is, all right, look at the blazers. Look at the, the warriors. Look, look at these teams that have had sustained success over the past decade. And those are two uh, uh, instances of that occurring, right? Those are both fan bases that grew up with social media. So when Twitter was first created, you know, the Golden State Warriors, the the tr- Portland Trailblazers, the Lakers, obviously being a huge fan base, they've had success during that time period in which this platform and these different ways of connecting with other fans have grown. So as they've grown, they've they've built up a good, solid social media fan base. You know, whereas the Phoenix Suns, just because of you know the the timing, if you will, when it comes to their uh, their success, they haven't had a bunch of success during the social media area era. Now that's obviously changing. We see it all the time. We see it as podcast members and, and hosts and and, mem- and people who are engaged in the social media community. You know mm-hmm. the growth that we've seen just in the past uh, you know year is pretty big because people are now starting to gravitate towards Phoenix Suns content. So you know you look yeah. on, you look at the the Twitter page for the Phoenix Suns. They have 1.4 million followers, right? Do you know how many followers the Golden State Warriors Twitter page has? Six. Uh, can I do 16 mil? I'm just sure. Seven million. Seven oh, million. Seven million? <laughs> 16. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but still, yeah. It, it goes to show you. You know, I mean, yeah. there's just a, a, a vast chasm of number of fans between the, the Warriors and the Suns just on Twitter. So because of that, because the, the Suns haven't had sustained success, they don't they don't have that base. Now, as success mm-hmm. continues, we're going to will continue to see the that base grow and thus the voting grow as well but it all starts again with devin booker and the way that he plays right i mean you you mentioned the third quarter he went absolutely bonkers in the third he went eight for 12 he played the entire third eight for 12 from the field 22 points four for six from deep uh he had 
what two two for two from the free throw line. I mean, he just went into Armani mode, as uh, our buddy Espo from PHNX likes to say. Armani mode is what happened in that third quarter. Uh, still, though, it was it was him by himself. I mean, twenty two of the thirty four points were from Devin Booker, and the Suns ultimately lost that quarter, thirty eight to thirty four, because you had the Indiana Pacers play as more of a team. So there, there's pros and cons yeah. to Devin Booker going to Armani mode, right? It, there is, but I think last pod and maybe many pods before I just mentioned, like keep shooting book. He'll have his points. So he'll get the 30 points once in a while. So you never want him to kind of get out of that Armani mode, just meaning like get those shots up. Right. I was thinking today when he's talking trash to a fan on the side after making it, I think it was his um, third three in a row or something in the third quarter, whatever. He looks over at the fan and says something and starts laughing. It just, I'm picturing myself as that fan watching Booker. How am I feeling about watching Devin Booker of the Suns? As another team's fan, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome when you're that close, watching that kind of player play right in front of you, knock down a three, and you're talking trash to him. That's one of the best players right now in the league. But like to me, it still doesn't seem as so. Maybe because we are fans, mm-hmm. but the way he's playing is great. I I love the way he's playing. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying the the way fans see him, I think, is different from the way we feel. Booker is because the last few games where he's not really performing, especially last game, you can see Suns fans kind of go at him and be like, you know what? I've even saw some people on Twitter like, I don't know, I'm not really a big fan of his game still and all this. Like that is just complete bullshit because this is is the best Suns player. This is whether or not you want to admit Chris Paul, of course, might be an MVP candidate, but Booker is the best son right now. He's the guy who, you know, we need him to step up in big game situations. And he's been able to do that. The growth of him, even over this year as a leader, is something remarkable. And I think we just don't see that stuff unless you're like another fan. You know, we complain a lot about this team when they do lose, where we just go straight downhill. Well, we might still even have the best record in the league. And we'll still say like, oh, we need an improvement. We need Booker to step up even more. You look at his stats, everything is just improving. And then his body language is improving. So for me, I kind of forgot what your question was. Oh, so I I'm just going right there. I didn't Did you not question. ask a question? Just, I might have. Oh, okay. I don't know. I forgot too. But again, I, I agree with you, Matthew. And that's the key here is, you know, if Devin Booker doesn't go out and score 30 points and this, it's a close game, a lot of Suns fans will just kind of point the finger at Book. And you can't do that. This You can't do that with Devin Booker because he's part of the a true team. And there's games where he understands mm-hmm. like, hey, to be the best member of this team. I'm still going to take the most shots, but I there will be a lot of deferral. There will be a lot more opportunities for other members of the team. And then there's nights like tonight where for some reason he's like, I'm just going to take over, guys. Like, this is my game. I'm feeling it. I'm in a rhythm. You know, again, 35 points on 25 shots. That That's where you want him to live. And we talked about it a lot on the last pod about, you know, the quote unquote inconsistency and it's just inconsistency relative to his entire career that we've seen. And I'm okay with it because the Suns have the best record in the league. He's playing just fine, playing the least amount of minutes he's played a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So he's just kind of getting us through the season. We're still winning. So again, uh, you know, Devin Booker carrying this team. And there was another guy who's helping carrying in this team who had a fantastic game as well, man. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton in this game, I mean, for some reason, he found his rhythm, ended with 27 points and 12 rebounds, 12 of 18 for the field, including a three-pointer, Matthew. 
Yeah, the three was kind of crazy because it's kind of just like off ball. It looked like he shot it like a Jay Crowder, right? Because usually when he shoots it, he's just wide open. Everyone just leaves him alone. But it seems like there was bodies around. It wasn't really just like stop and shoot. He did have a few seconds, but usually it's like he's just completely wide open. But it seemed like more of a three just was out of the ordinary for him and he drains it. Maybe that's more of what a shot should be because when he's around the rim, and he kind of he takes his time, but he also has that kind of rush and instant, you know, just in his mind, he's like, I gotta make a quick decision. And it's usually always a good decision, and he's always usually efficient that way. Mm-hmm. So I think the same thing from the three, which was really nice. The best part of this game, there, well, there's two things I liked. I liked him and uh his him and sticks look pretty good. They kind of look like they're trying to figure things out together because good. sticks has to play that four minutes, the four at the four minutes. And there was a few times where I feel like Aiden wouldn't respond to Sticks the way Sticks wanted him to. Because the way Aiden is right now, if maybe getting his feet underneath him, but he still has a hesitancy to kind of work with a four. Like you never see him do that. So Sticks and him, maybe they can figure something out because it looked like they were trying to get something to go and it just didn't work. The other thing is him against Sabonis was actually really, really fun to watch in the yes. third quarter. He was trying to body him up. They're kind of going back and forth at each other. I mean, he pretty much owned him in the first half. Um, he was very finesse around the rim, but still just got those points up. It didn't matter. I mean, that's the way DEA is, right? But even more finesse in a way. But going back and forth with an all-star like Sabonis and just kind of owning him, I mean, that's all-star worthy too. That's a guy who understands like, hey, I'm gonna, you're going to score on the one end against me. He barely got a layup past him for a block. Then DA goes back to the other end. He takes the ball and he just wants that easy little jump hook. And when he wants it, those shots look so much better for him. And it just looks like that it they do go in. When he wants those little hook shots, they go in. And it looks difficult for more we're watching. And it probably is a difficult shot. But his view from when he gets up there, it looks like it's easy mm-hmm. if you know, because it's so consistent whenever he wants it. So great game. And it's just overshadowed, right? From what Booker did tonight. I mean, DA had an outstanding game today. It, it might be overshadowed, but it's definitely appreciated. You know, I'll tell you that because him and Dev, both DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker combined for 33 points in the first half of the Suns. How would they have 46? The hell is going on outside of your house? Jesus Christ, is a fucking drag oh. race. Yeah, it was <laughs> the other kind of drag racing. Yeah, okay. Uh, but th- 33 combined points between DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns' first 46 points uh, in that first half. And you're right. You know, uh, you, you unpacked a lot there. So let me see if I can remember everything that you said and kind of give my two cents on it as well. Sorry. Uh, with Jalen Smith, you're right. When Devin, I'm sorry, when DeAndre Ayton has been successful this year, it's with a small power forward a la Jay Crowder. So he and Jalen Smith are both trying to learn to navigate space because Jalen Smith, guess what? He earned the right to get those backup four minutes. Uh, especially with Cameron Johnson being injured. And it's it, it's almost like it's something different for DA because there's another rebounder on the floor. You know, although the Phoenix Suns uh, are, what, eighth in the league in total rebounds, they, outside of DA, they don't have a consistent dominant rebounding force, right? It's team rebounding. It's Devin Booker getting six here. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul gets five here, you know, what have you. And you had he had to navigate some minutes with Jalen Smith out there tonight. And I thought that was fun to watch. I mean, I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, this is fun to watch. We're, we get to see Jalen Smith 
come alive with Devin Booker, with Chris Paul, with uh, uh, DeAndre Ayton all on the floor. It's like, yeah, this is what a lot of Suns fans have been hoping and envisioning, whether they want those minutes to be something that they can utilize uh, for a trade later, or if it's the next step in the next iteration for the Phoenix Suns in their future, it's nice to see those minutes. And you were right. You could definitely see that DeAndre was trying to figure out where his space was as Jalen Smith was trying to figure out his space as well. Uh, as for DeMontis Sabonis, he ended with 14 and 14 tonight. And what's interesting is DeAndre Ayton flipped the script on DeMontis Sabonis. Coming into this game, they had played each other in a total of five games. DeMontis Sabonis is 4-1 and one against DeAndre Ayton. In those games, DA has averaged 12.8 points and 10.8 rebounds, whereas Sabonis has averaged 21.8 points and 14.4 rebounds. That's a long way of saying that in the past, Sabonis has kind of owned DA, right? He's one of the few mm-hmm. centers who DA really has had a problem with. And I don't know what size ball cap DeMontis Sabonis wears, <laughs> you know, because that head, yeah. that melon he's yeah. got is just massive. But DA owned that melon tonight. Uh, and ultimately, as you mentioned, you know, he had anything he wanted. He, DA's got, you know what he has? He is a beautiful turnaround jumper from like 17 feet, man. It's gorgeous. And it goes in with like high efficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And Sabonis's head, it reminds me, we go, you know, you go to Hollywood, you see those uh the movie stars walking around the big heads, yes. little bodies, but his head is even like a big body, but he has a movie star head. You know what I mean? Yes. He does on top of that seven foot frame or however tall he is. Um, but yeah, DA, I mean, him going head to head, what you would think really with Sabonis is he had something to play for before, right? The Pacers were a team that kind of just they they leaped a little early in their process with, you know, going to the playoffs two years ago, last year kind of having a stinker, but Sabonis was an all-star. He had something to prove. Now it just seems like, I mean, Sabonis looks like a good team guy out there, but it just seems like he's just getting through, going through the motions, playing a little bit of point Sabonis out there, doing some things, passing, but he's playing with a lot of younger guys too from their bench, 10-day contract guys, so they don't really have any anything, you know, any kind of flow to their offense. So it's kind of tough to watch, but the way DA is right now, he's really found himself since those matchups. It's funny. My mom asked me, she's like, do you, my mom, do, do the Suns always beat this team? And I'm just like, uh, yeah, I think so. And now they're, what, they're one of four in the last five games. So never mind. I guess I was wrong about that. Yeah. Don't, don't lie to Rose. She's a saint. Uh, Rose quick, qu- quick fun fact. Matthew has exact, exactly 666 followers on Twitter. Oh, do I? <laughs> it's terrifying. Nice. Let's keep it that way. All oh. right. It's I was funny. Log off now. It, it's funny because yeah, I remember you and I one time we went to Hollywood. Uh, we were helping out our niece move, and we went into a bar to go watch some football games because it was this time like two years ago. It was January mm-hmm. 2020, and in the bar, it was just like all these people. You could tell they were like actors aspiring to be actors, and they have like really big defined heads with like little yeah. bodies and we're like oh actor actor body and demontis Sabonis is just, just that it's just you make him bigger you make him like you know 611 <laughs> yeah you know stretch so, him out. No. Yeah. yeah stretch stretch him out it's like he still has what would be considered a small body but his head is just absolutely massive so uh, i'm officially done with the uh, demontis sabonis slander uh, when it comes to his head so uh <laughs> but talking about jalen smith you know i i liked what i saw with him tonight i liked his He's just understanding that when he is on the court, his goal is to be a rebounder. And he ended tonight uh, with a total of 17 minutes, uh, zero points. He was 0 for 4 from the field, but he had 12 rebounds. And mm-hmm. 
you know, his his one elite skill is his rebounding, and he did that fantastically. And here we are talking about a guy who had zero points in the game but had a huge impact because you're going against Sabonis and you're going against Turner. And as you mentioned, beyond that, there isn't much depth. So what the Phoenix Suns strategy was, we'll put Jay Crowder in there initially, and then we're going to rotate sticks in, and then JaVale, we're always going to have some big bodies out there so we can beat them on the boards throughout the entire game, not just mm-hmm. when Turner and Sabonis are out there. So, you know, the Phoenix Suns, a team that's been out-rebounded over the past few games, uh, out-rebounded the Pacers by a, t- a total of 51-42 to 42 and only gave up nine offensive rebounds, another thing that they've done, uh, you know, well, the, the Raps just killed them on the on the offensive glass. What did you see from G, from Jalen Smith tonight, uh, especially when it comes to how he navigated the space opposite of DeAndre Ayton? I think offensively, he's still trying to find out what to do because he's like a mosquito, like attracted to the light, right? I think that's they're attracted to the lights, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the bug zappers. That's what he looked like to the paint. He just, you know, as far away as he is away from the paint, he just he automatically just gets sucked right back into the paint. He's like a follow up rebounder. I mean, even on the uh, McGee, I think it was the end, the third quarter, was it the putback dunk? the end of the third or maybe the, the first it was the, the end of the first end of the first yeah even jenna smith was right behind him to do the same exact thing like he just knows exactly where to go whenever the ball is falling off the rim so that's it's amazing thing to have because he is just a backup rebounder he's a guy that tips it he'll go out to the three-point line he knows how to like to adjust his body to like mm-hmm. not not foul the opponent when trying to like tip the ball away. You know, DA does it sometimes. And even Jalen Smith used to do it where he's trying to tip the ball out and he'll just like kind of clobber the guy and get a foul. He's trying to find himself, you know, in position to just tip those out to a teammate or just grab him himself. That's what he wants to do right now because he obviously wants to play the five. He's so good in the paint. I feel like around the rim where he's not going to get that opportunity right now. So he has to play through these minutes where he can just be on the floor um, but even him not scoring a point, I didn't even notice that. I didn't yeah. until right now because his, the game him itself was just so good tonight from him that I just didn't notice that he even missed a shot tonight. Yeah, again, you know, he's he's putting together more and more consistent outings that's putting on film something that, again, Suns fans can be excited about or Suns fans can look to trade. And we're we're rapidly approaching that season trade season is just around the corner um the nba trade deadline is in february if i remember correctly uh the exact date is some sometime i don't know do you know what the trade deadline is i just say february 12th i mean usually the jamsters can correct us (laughs) as we just get everything wrong the the 10th 10th. so i mean we're less than a month away so obviously jalen smith name his name comes up when it uh when it comes to trades and I saw an interesting one the other day that I'll bring up, and I kind of want to discuss a little bit. Maybe the Jamsters mm-hmm. who are watching along live in the chat, hey, hit that thumbs up down below. Hit it, hit it. Um, you have Jalen Smith going to Boston. You have Robert Covington coming to the Phoenix Suns from the Portland Trailblazers, and the Portland Trailblazers receiving Dennis Schroeder and Dario Saric. This is one that I saw online. Uh, the math works, so we don't have to sit there and be like, well, you know, mathematically, everything works. And with Damian Lillard going down with the abdominal surgery and no one really knowing when he's going to be back, this is a trade that kind of works for everybody. Is this something that you would explore, Matthew? Again, Jalen Smith to the Boston Celtics, Robert Covington to the Suns from Portland, Dennis Schroeder going to the Blazers from the Celtics, and Dario Sarge going to the Blazers from the Phoenix Suns. 
Now, if this were to go through, let's say tomorrow, or so even before you presented it, I would be like, what? We're getting Robert Cummington, um, a guy that, you know, he can play the five or four. He played the five with um, with the Houston Rockets at times, which he looked like he can kind of hold himself there. But we need a guy that's a four, obviously. Yeah. And right now, because Jalen Smith is doing so good at the five, it's like, okay, maybe we can get him. And that would make more sense for the four. But if this was just presented to me, I'd be like, no, I don't like this at all. I feel like every other team in my eyes is winning. Um, Dennis Schroeder even coming to our team and not really a team player, but right now the way Cameron Payne is playing, it's just kind of like, do we need another backup point guard, which we didn't think we would need this far into the season. And then letting go of Dario Saric. I honestly, I don't like this. I think maybe Covington one year ago or two years ago would be better, but the way Smith is just presenting himself right now on the floor I don't think he can take that away to trade him just for a guy like Robert Covington. And I'd even look at how much he's making, of course. Uh, it's probably going to be more than what Jalen Smith will make next year when he gets signed by a team. But um, Well, Covington is on 12 he's, mil. He's got 12.9 right? mil and I think one year left on his deal. So this is kind okay, of yeah. a we're, we're bringing you in, we're utilizing you for a year and a championship run, and then you'll kind of go your separate way. So essentially what you're doing is you're saying, hey, we're taking Jalen Smith, who we did not extend the rookie deal to, and we're trying to turn him into something that can help us win now, right? And the question you yeah. have to ask, ask yourself is, what is the ultimate need for the Phoenix Suns? As you mentioned, Cameron Payne, who I'll touch on here in a bit, uh, you know, is he something that we need to improve? Or is adding an athletic wing who plays physical and is proven to play physical uh, something that we want going into the playoffs, or are we going to continue to provide Jalen Smith with the amount of minutes to where he's ultimately going to be that guy who's going to be able to uh, to help us in the playoffs? You know, so it's it's an interesting conversation, obviously, to have. If you take a look at what is some of the jamsters are saying in the chat, you know, we've got I had one, yeah, Fabio says like not sure if he likes this trade. Yeah, you know, Metal Mike, uh, one of our lead jamsters, he's like, eh, you know. And then you got, then you got Albert's like, don't trade sticks. I know we're in a win now situation, but why not keep him instead of getting a rental player? And you know, again, the reason for getting a rental player is the reason I said is because you don't know if you're going to get sticks next year, so why not improve that asset? Uh, the real, the real stink meaner says no. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> again, it's it's tough. You know, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, like. I kind Last of like year, it, and that's why I brought years. it up. That's why I kind mm -hmm. of brought it up. I, I kind of liked it. But we all know the guy that we want. We know the guy who would be great playing for the Phoenix Suns uh, and is, is better, in my opinion, than Robert Covington because he doesn't need the ball as much. And we saw him tonight, and it kind of hurt my feelings a little bit that he didn't play on our team. What's up? The juice, baby. Mm -hmm. Tory Craig. the Tory the juice Craig, man. It was good to see him tonight. Uh, and and it hurt my feelings a little bit. I kind of wish he was still there playing for the Suns. Yeah, it's it's hard to see. And it's like, hey, come take these Shamit minutes, please. Even though Shamit has yes. six points in a row. But you know when Shamit's scoring, that means the Suns are going to win. Like, they're already up by 20. They're up by 15. Yeah, that's when he starts uh, just No digs at him. Yeah, yeah. No digs at him. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to see him because you know those minutes could go over very well here in Phoenix if he takes Shamit's minutes, right? I mean, that's where you would place him at. I mean, he is a three or whatever, but. I just would rather have him in the lineup, positionless basketball with him. Bingo. Aside a couple, point and I guess you could the say floor. the same thing as for Robert Covington. Uh, and mm -hmm. so, who knows? Maybe we can work a trade out for one. I I don't know. Again, and yeah. Oh, the, go, ahead. go ahead. 
No, you go ahead and I'll go after you. Well, well, what I was going to say was real quick, I want to give a shout out to Cousin Will in the chat. Uh, gave us nine ninety nine in the super chat. We really appreciate that. He says, "Does Matthew get a Cam Joe jersey yet? Go Suns! We're working on it. We're working on it. It's hard to get these jerseys, man. They like, yeah, they, they, re- they release them, then they sell out instantly, and you know, so next Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. Next yeah. Christmas, we'll get you Cam Joe <laughs> jersey. The very next day, we'll take it away. Uh, but again, we really appreciate that in the in the super chat. Uh, you know what I was thinking when it comes to Landry Shamit, because again, I I had a frustration with him tonight, as I typically do. You take a look at his final line: twenty minutes, eight points for the Landry man. Uh, but of course, the you know he just it's all in the fourth quarter. Six of his eight points come in the fourth quarter, and I was thinking, you know, when we talk about trades, and obviously this is a topic we're going to be talking about a lot on this podcast for the next three weeks, is you don't want to disrupt the chemistry. Right. Like that's always been my big thing. That's why you don't trade Jay Crowder. You don't do many of these big deals to bring in another big puzzle piece. Yeah. What you're yeah. what you're essentially doing is the rough edges you're trying to smooth them. Uh you, you don't want to disrupt the chemistry for this team. You don't want anyone on this team, you know, to go, hey, I, I'm ex- an expendable asset as well. You know, I mean, you look back at a lot of those Danny Ainge Boston Celtics teams, and a lot of the reasons they weren't successful is because they were never truly comfortable with their uh, position on the team because at the at moment's notice they could be traded and Danny Ainge made no secret that he was willing to do so. But when it comes to like a Landry Shaman, a guy who's new to the team, he he hasn't been with this team for you know more than six months yet. Uh, he already kind of got paid right off the bat. That made makes his contract a little bit more tradable. I think that Landry Shamit really is the kind of player that you can dish, get back an asset, and it won't affect the team from a oh man, am I next on the chopping block? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he might need that too, um, just himself, because the way he looks out there still, even on the alley-oop miss dunk, which, you know, hell of a try there, really seriously. But then after that, I'm just like, the look on his face still is just kind of like, uh, like he's he always has that look like, I'm almost so close. He's always like, I'm so close to making these shots, even this alley-oop dunk. Like, why is it not going in? And then just that's the look he's always kind of had. And maybe it is just a Shamit face, but maybe he just m- might need to start somewhere else. Not starting, but a, a new start somewhere else on another team to help them. Because maybe it's just too much in their head. Oh, you're on mute. Story of his career, though, huh? Yeah, yeah. And just, I want to go back on sticks really quick. So um, this is my last sticks take. So Cameron Johnson, of course, last year looked really good in the in the in the postseason. No one really even knew, but I think he has the same qualities that Sticks has, where they both just don't give an f, and they both have a lot of confidence. Yes, and they just know what to do to help their team win now. So I think those are things that will pan out pretty well. And like, there's nothing in the last few weeks or three weeks with Sticks that have shown that has shown me that he's gonna do a terrible job in the playoffs. Like you can't trust him. I trust this guy just as much as DA in there. And I'm not saying he's a better player. I'm just saying to what he's supposed to be doing on the court. I trust him just that just as much as that guy, but I don't know, just, I'd have to throw that out there. So I, I think it's going to be okay. If we do have sticks going into the playoffs, I think we'll be okay. Even due to an injury, he has to play 30 minutes a game. I think he can hold his own. So, but that's probably too yeah, much. Too I, 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 no, no, no. I'm, I'm with you as well. And I think he's growing into those minutes and that's what, you know, that's the double-edged sword that it sticks right now. It's like he's playing well enough to where his asset or him as an asset has grown to where maybe you could take him and get that fringe player, but you also kind of want to see what's going on. So that's that's why it's very interesting, that everything that's going on with uh, Jalen Smith. And as Westville says in the chat, he goes, Sticks is a natural-born shot blocker as well. Um, yeah, you we know, forget so, about that too. I yeah, always forget about that. Yeah, shot blocking, shot blocking and uh, – 
rebounding. He's elite at both. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to back to Landry Landry Shamit. Felix in the chat says Voida go slow on Shamit, please. He played decent tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ted Lubin says Shamit played solid defense tonight. I think he's starting to figure out his place on the team. So I'll go a little bit easy on Shamit. I won't play his drop yet. He hasn't earned a drop yet. Uh, but other people, you know, Renzo, Shamit out, please. And and Orsov Brew says, not a Shamit fan. So, I mean, again, you get mixed reviews with him. And I'm just saying that he is somebody who is expendable, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that, you, you know, his contract's very tradable. And his, it, like, if you trade campaign, that's going to have a different effect on this team because that's a guy who's been with this team since the bubble. And there's there's a, a camaraderie there, and you you want these guys to think and to operate the way that they have, and something that James Jones has done ever so eloquently in this day of modern age sports is really allow this team to embrace the team concept, and it's hard to do that, and 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 it distracts players when you take chunks of those out because then the players start remembering it's a business and they start operating as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of campaign, I wanted to bring him up. I, I Got a quick question for you that I, you know, I was crunching some numbers today during the game and I got this question for you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pose this question for you. I'm going to give you some statistics and I'm going to allow you to answer it. Sound good, Matthew? Yep. Okay. Ready. Is Cameron Payne the modern bench version of Eric Bledsoe as a Phoenix, as a member of the Phoenix Suns? So statistically, here's what I got. Campaign this season, his per 36, he's averaging 18.1 points. 6.4 assists, 5 rebounds, and 3.4 turnovers on 38.8 uh, shooting percentage, 31.9 from deep, and 89.4 from deep. Eric Bledsoe, his per 36 in five seasons with the Phoenix Suns. Do you remember that he played five seasons here? Did he? Wow. Yeah, it's like four and a half, but like. Yeah. No, no, no. Those. Yeah. Times five was when you're having fun, right? Yeah, I guess. All, all those good times. I, I was like, good God, five. <laughs> uh, but in his five seasons here, he averaged as a starter, albeit his per 36, 20.1 points. So just a couple points more than Cameron Payne does per mm-hmm. 36. The exact same amount of assists, 6.4. Point one more rebounds than campaign, 5.1 rebounds. And 3.6 turnovers, which is just a little bit more than Cameron Payne averages this season. Uh, in his per 36, his is 3.4, Bledsoe's 3.6. Uh, better field goal percentage, uh, 44.9 to the to Cameron Payne's 38.8. Uh, better three-point shooting, th- 34% to Cameron Payne's 32%. And worse free throw percentage, eight point or 81.2 to Cameron Payne's 86.4. Uh, so I'll ask you again, is Cameron Payne the modern bench version of Eric Bledsoe as a son? And is that how far we've come as a franchise? Is somebody who essentially did what Eric Bledsoe did as a starter for five years is now our backup point guard? Well, first, I don't really buy into the per 36 uh, stats because I just feel like it's just a different kind of player when you're playing that many minutes. Because um, I don't think Cameron Payne can hold his own. Like, Even though we don't like Bledsoe, Bledsoe can hold his own with the 36 minutes, as he could in the past. This fat past few years, he couldn't. Um, but the thing is, like both players, what they remind me of is like, when they get hot, when they look good, it's like, oh, this player's so good. And then when they go through the struggles, it's like, man, can we even do anything with this with this player on our yes. team? Are we able to, you know, with Bledsoe when he was a starter, uh, you know, how far could we go with this guy as a starting point guard? Now we're asking the same question with Cameron Payne. Someone just threw in the chat, I would trade Cameron Payne. I mean, it's gotten that bad from last year to where we're thinking kind of the same thoughts that we had about Bledsoe, right? Where we just kind of can do without him. 
we we definitely can right now because we're just he's not hitting on all cylinders like we thought he would. It's the same exact thing with Bledsoe. So those two are comparable to me in that way. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of weird how how close those stats do match each other, even though I don't really buy into the per 36. Well, the reason I like the per 36 is it provides an opportunity for an even playing field of comparison because you're right. Cameron Payne average is 20 minutes a game, whereas Bledsoe for his five years averaged 33 minutes. So it's 13 minutes difference. So that's why I like the per 36. It just it allows us to go, okay, let's statistically put these on the same playing mm-hmm. field. The The reason I brought this up is while watching Cameron Payne, who kudos to Cameron Payne. He had a very solid and productive game tonight. Uh, five for seven from the field. He had 11 points. He had five assists. So he was playmaking tonight. You know, total turnovers from tonight was a big fat zero. So we got a very solid campaign yeah, tonight. You know, as uh, Ted Lubin says in the chat, he led the team in plus minus tonight. So, this is not uh, this is not a game where you're obviously going to beat up on campaign. There was just a couple times where I saw him go down the lane, and I've compared him to Barbosa, uh, especially mm-hmm. a lot recently with his struggles because he's making or he's taking Barbosa level difficulty of shots and they're just not going in. Uh, but there were some times where I saw him kind of go down the lane with reckless abandon, like Eric Bledsoe used to do with no plan and jump in the air, turn around, just hope somebody was there and throw it to him. He did that like twice in this game. That's what like spark the Eric Bledsoe comparison to me. Uh, Fabio said it a little bit earlier. He goes, you know, different roles. Campaign is more like Barbosa than Bledsoe. And I agree there, but I just think that's funny that, you know, if you look at those per 36, a guy who used to be our starting point card for five years is now we're comparing him to our backup point guard. Uh, That's how far we've come as a franchise. I know. And how much we kind of complain still about this. Yes. Yes. Uh, A couple things I wanted to talk about when it comes to the Indiana Pacers before we hand out the hardware for the jam star of the game. Uh, TJ Warren is out. He's played four games this season. Uh, Is that, is that guy ever going to be healthy? And did the Suns dodge a massive bullet by trading for cash consideration? That was the hardest thing to hear about that for like a whole summer. Yes. Or, you know, during the bubble, we heard about it every day. I'm like, dude, just give this some time. It was the right move. All right. Who cares about the bubble? He's he's a guy we had to get rid of. We just the we loved him. got murdered to win. Day. You can't have him. You can't have him on a team if you're going to win. Wasn't that if I remember correctly, did we trade him? Was that the day of that? That was the day when we drafted Cameron Johnson, correct? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I believe yeah, so. Yeah. If I remember correctly, because I just remember it was just like, Negative press, negative press. Oh, now they drafted Cam Johnson. They don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Fabio bubbled TJ mm-hmm. Warren. And, and even the Suns beat him in, you know, as part of our 8 0 run. We beat bubble TJ Warren. That's how great that team was. Yeah. Uh, but, and oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh, I was going to say, and um, I forgot what I was going to say. There's a mosquito oh. in here. So I'm getting distracted. <laughs> yeah. It's flocking to the lights. <laughs> uh but yeah tj warren you know obviously you want to see that guy healthy but again i think this is a massive bullet that we ultimately dodged you know i mean good bad or indifferent tj warren uh was somebody who i know you were a big fan of i liked him yeah um you know i i wanted him to do well and once he went to indiana another reason why i kind of have always liked indiana patients because i am a tj warren fan uh but it's unfortunate that they've kind of gone that way um and then aaron holiday i want to talk about aaron holiday you know i think that he is somebody who uh, everybody talks about all the different guys who are going to be on the market for this team, right? Or I'm sorry, Justin Holiday. I keep saying Justin, Aaron Holiday. Yeah, yeah. Justin Holiday. Um, you know, they talk about Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis, and Karis LeVert. And, you know, we talk about Torrey Craig. Man, I would love to have Justin Holiday on this team. 
yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be kind of something where, oh, wait, we just mentioned it, you know, kind of replacing the Shaman minutes. I mean, it's someone that can be more consistent, someone that, you know, you can just trust. And we saw it tonight. It's making seven threes. He kind of stole the light away from Juice a little bit tonight because Juice hit a couple threes. It was looking pretty good. But it was Justin Holiday where we kind of focused on. We're like, oh, hey, what this guy's actually keeping them in the game. And then the way these teams play right now, especially when they're a team like the Pacers where – you know, they're kind of tanking in a way. They're not playing their best. They just keep shooting the three. They just, you know, it's going in for one player over and over again. So then they're just going to keep doing it. And that's why they lose games. So a yeah. guy like this is someone that might, you know, what do you think? Maybe a package deal or something that might go somewhere to help a team going into the playoffs. And he's a guy that kind of stands out to me. I mean, he was the one guy because Sabonis had the off night. Well, I mean, he comes from that holiday lineage. So, you know, he can play defense. Uh, he's on a year two of a three-year $18 million deal. So he's making six mil a year. So he's unbelievably affordable. So you're right. He's most likely going to be a throw-in as a part of a trade to make some money work. And whoever ends up with this guy is going to, they're, they're, they're going to be thoroughly happy with the asset they've garnered. And I really hope it's not like a Dallas or a one of the LA teams. I really hope that he doesn't end in one of those two places because he's the kind of guy who can be a part of a deal that can make something happen. And he plays fantastic defense. He can shoot the three. Uh, I would love to get him on this team and say goodbye to Shamit personally. You know, I think that would just make us better because, you know, although he's a small forward, he can still play that to those two minutes as he showed tonight. Uh, he's just, he's such a great talent and, you know, mm-hmm. low, he, he's one of those low key guys, man. He's a low key guy and he would fit in perfectly with the Phoenix suns. In my personal opinion, mm-hmm. we need one of them holiday boys. That's what Jay Pizzle says. One of them holiday bros. I agree, man. I definitely agree. Imagine going and playing the bucks again in the NBA yeah, finals. And you got you know some holiday on holiday action, man. You know oh man. That'd be fantastic. Man. So, ah, oh, we'll see. We'll see. But you know, again, the, the trade deadline is just around the corner jamster. So expl- expect us discussing not only some trade scenarios, but some dumb trades as well. You know, they're going to be out there. Jam star of the game. All right, jamsters. This is a reminder. If you're watching along live, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. And if you're listening, this is a good time to stop subscribe rate and review. Uh, Matthew, I think this one's pretty unanimous. I can definitely see DA getting some votes tonight, but you got to give it for the guy who made 35 points on 25 shot attempts. That's Devin Armani Booker, who owned the third quarter. And despite hitting the team needing uh, a solid fourth quarter in which he only scored one point, uh, I think I think it's Devin Booker, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, definitely. It's weird because I was waiting for Booker to come in to end the game for the Suns, and it ended up just being the opposite, where the team took over. He didn't really need to do anything. And that's why it's so hard for him to win this award because he has a good game, and then all of a sudden all these guys start stealing you know, the thunder from Booker, and then they just end up winning jam start of the game. So congratulations, Booker, tonight. I don't know when the last time you won it, but it was well-earned tonight. Amen, amen. Yeah, Booker and then DA. Uh, Jurassic Book. I like that from yeah. Felix. That's kind of fun. That's- that's, really like, yeah, that, that's a good one so uh, yeah it's, it's definitely Devin Booker making that push for the all-star game uh, yeah maybe he was a little pissed you know maybe he was a little frustrated that he didn't get an opportunity to you know I, I Russell Westbrook went from 10th yeah to fifth on the on the in the you voting know he's actually having an efficient season though no over this past over the past week when he went from 10th to fifth the team mm-hmm. went one and two and he shot 20 percent from the field. 
pretty efficient to me. Yeah, get the freak out of here. That's fucking Russell Russell Westbrook. So uh, next up for the Phoenix Suns, Sunday, they're playing Detroit. Uh, 11, what time's the game? Like 11 in the morning? Arizona 11 o'clock. Time? Yeah. Jeez. Just in time to watch the Cowboys. Yes. So I got some news for you, Jamsters, to everyone who's loyal watchers and listeners of the podcast. Just know a couple things. One, if you want to submit artwork, DM us. So Matthew can put it up behind him. What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to spread it out a little bit so people can see. Matthew, can you tell us what's going on behind you? Because that is some fantastic-looking fan art you got going on. Yeah, so Luke Godfrey reached out to us, and he said to go ahead and post these up. I guess they're from uh, DBL, which is Double Dribble, dbl.drbbl. Give them a shout-out on Facebook and Instagram. Just some really nice artwork. It's really, really, really nice. It actually goes right with my cheeks and everything, man. I blend right in with the sunset behind <laughs> me. So, yeah, shout out to them. And uh, there's a couple more I'm going to be throwing up throughout the season. Fantastic. So, yeah, shout out to Double Dribble on Instagram and Facebook for that fantastic fan artwork. If you want fan art uh, up behind Matthew on the podcast, just hit us up on the DM on Twitter at Suns Jam. Uh, the other thing you need to know is these next couple games are going to be really quick recaps. Because, of course, the Phoenix Suns like to play right in the middle of fucking NFL playoff games. One being the <laughs> Dallas yeah. Cowboys, Matthew's team. The other one being Monday night yeah. against the Spurs while I'm going to be watching the Cardinals game. So uh, we will not be doing hour-long podcasts. We'll probably be doing five to ten-minute ones being like, yo, who won? Yo, what happened? Yo, I'm drunk. Yo, who's the jam star of the game? Yo, <laughs> peace. We'll see you next time. Because uh, yeah. it, it, it's playoff football time. And, you know, both of our teams are in the playoffs. And it's going to be fun to watch. Uh I'll ask you this, Matthew. Are you scared about the 49ers at all? You know, I don't even know anything about them. So I can tell you everything you need to know. We beat them twice this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm all I hear on the podcast from Bill Simmons is this is 49ers. You know, no one talks about the Cowboys, so I'm assuming they're they're on a little bit of a run right now. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's I don't even know. I haven't watched him play all year. They so. snuck in, they they barely got into the playoffs. They had to come all the way back to beat the Los Angeles Rams. They did so in mm -hmm. overtime. They got Jimmy G. They got Debo Samuel. They got Eli Mitchell. They like to run the ball. Uh, you know, as they were saying, they they have an opportunity to really kind of exploit the weaknesses of the Cowboys on defense. But they don't talk about the defense at all. And like, I feel like the Cowboys can own them. Cowboys it, defense is too good this year. It, it it's good, man. And nobody's they they were saying on the Bill Simmons podcast. FanDuel, 65% of all money line bets have been on the 49ers. Everybody's picking an upset. Uh, this is, as Sonia Lovato says, and I know she's a Cowboy fan in the chat, she's rivals from the past. I mean, this goes back to my childhood watching yeah. uh, Joe Montana versus the Cowboys and and Steve Young and Troy Aikman going at it. I mean, this is these are this is it's gonna a look great it, yeah, it's it's gonna look good great. jersey matchup. Great well, jersey probably matchup. one of the best jersey matchups, right? It is. And if you look at the helmets, it's a great helmet matchup too. Mm -hmm. It's like when, whenever the Niners play the Saints and the Niners play the Cowboys and the Cowboys play the Saints, they all have like the helmet with the three stripes down the middle. It just, it looks nice. It looks good. It was actually my first checker set was a uh, Niners versus Cowboys helmet. Get out of, really? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. It looked really good. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching the Cowboys. I just, I'm not too into everything else that's been going on. Of course, a little bit of the Cardinals, but you know, I suck in fantasy. So that just shows you that I haven't been paying attention. So yeah, well, it means you had a bunch of Lions on your team or something. Uh, yeah, you got, you know, a lot of Cowboys talk in the chat, you know, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting game for you. That's, that's what one o'clock our time on Sunday, which is like right when I think Sun's it's game at will two, be ending. two 15. 
Okay, I think two, it's two fifteen. Two fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, we'll so. be able to do a little bit longer of a podcast uh, for that one because we'll be at cold beers and cheeseburgers to watch that game, yep. and then the Cardinals play on Monday night, which makes no damn sense to me. It's going to be a fun day though. <laughs> it's it's going to be a fun day because it's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, I have the day off from work, so I get to watch basketball all day and then watch that game, which will be stressful as fuck because you know how you know that's just the way uh, uh, <laughs> freaking playoff games in the NFL go. And then, of course, the Suns are playing the Spurs that night. So that's mm-hmm. one where either you can do a podcast and I can pop in and say hi, and, and you can do it with, like, Suns Geek. Uh, I know. I knew you were going to ask that. Because <laughs> yeah. I, you know I doubt Coach will be wanting no, to do a I pod know. that I was night gonna, either. I was going to say, John, uh, for your birthday, I will actually probably reach out to him and I'll ask. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll be on for just a little bit. For my birthday. Everyone will be watching Is football it, anyways. Your, your birthday's next week, right? uh it's tuesday i think tuesday or wednesday the 18th the 18th yeah yeah so it's tuesday well happy early birthday you're gonna be a a lovely 22 years old i'm Mm -hmm. so proud of you you can drink now um but yeah so it's gonna be a fun weekend of football and of course it's just like when we went to vegas it's like we're in Vegas for two nights, and the Suns played a back-to-back against the Knicks <laughs> and the Brooklyn Nets. I'm I like, know it's just, it's one it's one of those years, you know. But uh, you know, it is. You know what? What's even worse is if the Cowboys do move on the next weekend, I have to go to the seminar that's ten to eight Friday, Saturday, and Sunday next what? week. So, yeah, yeah, it's some kind of uh, team building seminar thing. I have to already signed up for it. I have to go. That's the my company already paid for it. Where's so it if the Cowboys play, it's in downtown Phoenix. I forget which hotel. It might be the Marriott. I don't know. Are you are you staying at the hotel? No, no. Oh, so you have so to drive I'm thinking hopefully the Cowboys play when they beat the 49ers that they'll play later, like at six thirty. That way, I can catch the end of the game. Because that's oh, man, suck. that's bullshit. It reminds me of being in the National Guard. So for those of you who don't know, I was active duty for three years. I was in the National Guard for seven years, and the National Guard, the way that it works, is you know one week in a month and two weeks a year, right? And it just it always sucked doing that one week in a month in January. Because as a cook in the army, you know, you are there cooking for everybody. You get there before everybody. You have to cook. You're just, you're constantly busy. And then like, once you're done cooking, then you have to do all the soldiering stuff. So it's like, oh, we're going on a convoy to go fire off our M16s and whatnot. (laughs) You know, so it's, it's such a, uh, I I always remember trying to, to watch uh, NFL playoff games during that time frame. It's just so frustrating. And I, I hate doing shit on the weekends. And I'm so happy yeah. that like I'm back home. For those of you who are watching, you can see like this is, you know, I, I'm using my mic, not my headphones. I'm I'm in the house. I'm gonna be home for, you know, at least the next couple of weeks. If not, that's it, you know, permanently. I might be done traveling for the most part. So I'm super excited about just being home and like having the ability to watch football and and going to the bar and watching it with you guys. It's not like sitting in a hotel room on Christmas uh streaming shit through my phone because the snow <laughs> fucked everything up and I'm all alone. So uh, I'm excited. So are you saying <laughs> Niners win or Cowboys win? I think the Cowboys win. You know what? As much as I don't believe in the Cowboys, that's why there's a lot of <laughs> no, because Cowboys always have it up in the playoffs, right? So, but this defense is really, really good, and it's all up to Prescott. If he can just throw the ball more than 10 yards, we we got it, man. There you go. And I don't know what the hell to think about the yeah. Oh, what do you think about the Cardinals? <laughs> the Cardinals that and the Rams. Sucks, huh? Playing the Rams. I it, it doesn't suck though. Like, I'm okay, okay with playing the Rams. I actually think I that we can beat this team. Because Matthew Stafford is a guy who, if you get any pressure on him, he flounders. And I think he's got PTSD, post-traumatic stress Detroit, where he just he wants to throw the ball away because he got pounded in Detroit for so many years. And we've mm-hmm. got the edge rushers to do so. It's just, it, for me, it comes down to uh, Kyler Murray playing smart. And if the 
the uh, Rams don't bottle him up and he's willing to run a little bit, we can beat him because we ha- our running game is going to be back, man. We got Chase Edmonds, we got James Conner. You know, it does hurt at the wide receiver that DeAndre Hopkins isn't back, but I think Kyler Murray just it's it's a different mode. I'm excited to see. It, it's like Booker last year, Devin Booker when he hit the playoffs, excelled. All of a sudden, it was the question we already ha- we always had, right? Who is Devin Booker in the playoffs? And we saw what Devin Booker was in the playoffs last year. I think Kyler Murray has that same kind of mentality. It's like, it's a different game now. Turn it up. I'm going all out and uh, just enjoy the ride. So cards win. Um, Cowboys win. And, uh, and then the following wins. weekend, we'll figure it out again for the yeah, podcast, we'll it, right? So we'll see how it goes. But, uh, right. but on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you hanging out at the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're listening to this pod and if you're here on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up button, that thumbs up button as well. Uh, again, we'll see you on Sunday if it's brief or not. We'll see. Uh, but on that note, everyone take care. Have a great night. And uh, Sony says, listen, you're a Capricorn like me. LOL. Yeah, Matthew I'm a cousin. Always, always talks about Capricorns. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, take care, everybody. All right, everyone go home. Love your family.